0: Well, good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Um, as Pastor Mike mentioned, my name is Ryan Harvey, and um, I've attended Christ Church for a number of years, but uh, I recognize many of the faces here. But you may not recognize me because my wife and I have um, generally been at the Crossroads campus for the last couple of years on most Sunday mornings. We try to get back here as, as uh, often as possible. You might recognize Annette um, on occasion playing her flute in the, um, in the worship band. But love being here this morning, love coming back to Lake Forest. And I want to spend a little bit of time this morning focusing on the magnificence and the greatness and the wonder of God. Uh, I don't think you can really fully appreciate Christmas and what the baby in the manger means until you try to wrap your mind around just how big God is. So we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about that. Uh, Anybody who knows me very well knows that I love the outdoors. Um, if I'm doing something in the woods or doing something in the mountains, I'm typically a pretty happy guy. And uh, my love for nature, my love for the outdoors has caused me to gravitate towards activities that, um, that get me outside. I've um, become a pretty avid trail runner and done a, a lot of races in the mountains. Um, even though I didn't grow up in a family of, of hunters or, or fishermen, I, I somehow have learned how to fly, fish, and hunt as an adult, and uh, this love for the outdoors has has allowed me the opportunity to go to a lot of uh, wild, remote places in the world. Probably one of the most wild, remote places actually is already up on the screen, which is the Brooks, range, um, Brooks, Brooks Mountain Range, which is in the far north of Alaska. The, the Brooks Mountain Range is actually the most remote mountain range in the entire world. In fact, it's, it's the only mountain range that's entirely above the Arctic Circle. Uh, not all the way to the North Pole, but uh, kids, I'm pretty sure Santa Claus can probably see the Brooks Range from, from his front porch. And to get there, it takes a fair amount of travel. I, I had to first of all fly to Anchorage, Alaska. From Anchorage, I flew to a little town called Dead Horse, which is on the Arctic Ocean. And Dead Horse, I got in a pickup truck, drove about 80 miles south on a little dirt road to an airstrip. In the airstrip, I got in a tiny little airplane. It's called a Piper Cub. And it's, it's just big enough for the pilot, myself, and a backpack to squeeze in behind you. We flew for about an hour and a half over just multiple mountain ridges, beautiful mountain valleys, and eventually landed in this glacial um, kind of mountain um, valley. And I was dropped off, and I spent the next week living out of a tent um, just in God's creation, um, roaming around the mountains, sitting on the side of the mountain. This picture is actually one particular afternoon that I, this kind of sticks in my mind, where I was sitting on the side of a mountain... And it's, you know, as far as the eye can see, there's just this rolling, kind of polychromatic green landscape. If you've ever been, had the opportunity to go to the, ar- the Arctic, um, the sun is always kind of shining at an angle. So you always feel like it's twilight. It always kind of looks like it looks here when it's 6 o'clock in the evening. Um, and I can remember looking across those mountains, and in the distance you could see all these little animals. They actually looked like ants just streaming over the mountains. But if you looked through your binoculars, they weren't ants. They were actually caribou. Or again, for the kids, reindeer. Um, another word for caribou are reindeer. So these reindeer just streaming across, hundreds and hundreds of them migrating across the mountains. And you could see little dots of white all over the mountains also. But if you look through your binoculars, they weren't little cotton balls, they were big mountain sheep, white mountain sheep with curly horns. Um, on this particular day, I even had a, a big black wolf that ran just a couple hundred yards away from me. and. Sitting there, if you've ever been in a wild place like that or just really any place in nature, you can start to lose a sense of yourself. You can start to realize just how insignificant we are relative to God's creation and how vast his creation is and how vast the creator is. Um, it's that gap. It's the gap between God's magnificence and our own significance, insignificance that I want to spend a little bit of time thinking about because God is, is so great and yet somehow he came in the form of a baby um, 2,000 years ago. I want to read to us this morning from um, Isaiah. I think Isaiah does a wonderful job of describing God's majesty and his glory. So I want to read to us from Isaiah 40. I'm going to start with verse 12, probably skip a few verses here and there, but generally reading from Isaiah 40 starting with verse 12. Isaiah wrote, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or who with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? Or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? So I want, I want everybody to do a little exercise with me this morning. I w- I'd like you to hold out your hand in front of you, just kind of hold it out, and, and kind of cradle it like you're cradling something in your hand, and, and look down into your hand for a moment, and I want you to imagine that resting in the palm of your hand is the entire earth. So just, just think about that for a minute. Visualize what the earth would look like if it was just resting in the palm of your hand, and think about all the oceans and the continents, and All seven billion people speaking different languages. What if if that were just resting right in the palm of your hand? Now, imagine if it wasn't just the Earth. Imagine if the whole solar system were resting in your hand. So our solar system, of course, the sun, would be sitting in the middle of your hand, and there'd be nine little planets circling around it. One of those little planets would be our Earth. But imagine what that would look like if that were just resting in the palm of your hand, if you could hold the whole solar system in the palm of your hand. Now imagine it's not just our sun, but you know our sun is one star of many that sits in the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way is our galaxy. Think about what the Milky Way would look like. In fact, that's a picture of what the Milky Way looks like um, if, if you were to look at it from a, a very dark place, like, the, like a desert. But what would the Milky Way look like? All of the stars in our galaxy. You know, scientists estimate there's a 100 billion stars. Think about 100 billion stars. What if a 100 billion stars were resting in your hand? You know, it probably would look like a little cloud of dust, a glowing little tiny cloud of dust. And those little flecks of dust, they're, they're not dust. Those are, those are suns. And one of those little flecks of dust is, is our sun. And some, somewhere circling around that fleck of dust is, is our Earth. But think about that. If, if you could hold the whole Milky Way in your hand. And I'm going to take it one final step. I'm going to have us imagine that the whole universe were resting in your hand. Imagine that it's not just our, our galaxy because there's more than one galaxy. Um, actually, scientists just recently revised their estimate. They now believe there's two trillion, two trillion with a T, individual galaxies like the Milky Way, many of them bigger, 100, 200 billion stars each. So two trillion galaxies, you can't even really even imagine what that would look like, but it would just be a cloud of glowing dust of trillions and trillions of stars resting in your hand. Now, if you've been able to imagine any of that for just a moment, you've got a tiny, tiny glimpse of how big and how powerful God is, because the Bible says the God of our universe, he holds the entire universe in his hand, that's how big he is, and yet Somehow, that same God that was incredibly powerful also came on Christmas morning. You see, 2,000 years ago, on the floor of a barn in Palestine, um, an unwed Jewish teenage girl gave birth to a baby, and that baby was God. The same God that holds the universe in his hand was that baby. That contrast is, is almost impossible for us to even imagine, that the God of the universe could also be born as a baby on the floor of a barn. But that's, that's the truth of Christmas. Paul said it really well in his letter to the, the Philippians when he wrote down a, a hymn at the time that, that captured a lot of this. He said, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very form of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. You know, I, I'm sure there are folks sitting here this morning, and it's not, it's not a super Merry Christmas. There's, there's folks that are struggling with things here this morning. Um, some of you may be sitting here, and you personally have an illness that you're battling. Um, there's others here this morning that you have a loved one or a family member who's battling cancer, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, there's people here sitting this morning that you're struggling internally with anxieties in life. You've got depression, and it might feel completely overwhelming, um, and you don't, know, you don't know what the outcome's going to be. You just feel overwhelmed. Uh, you might be sitting here this morning, and you're battling an addiction um, to alcohol. You're battling an addiction to drugs. And you may not even have admitted it to yourself yet, but, but you know you've got an, a problem. You know you need to address it, and you just don't, you don't know what the next step is. I want to tell you this morning that the the God that cradles the whole universe in his hand, he's holding you this morning, and he loves you. You know, Isaiah finished chapter 40 with the the following words. He wrote, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's our hope this morning. That's our Christmas hope. And I just encourage everyone here, take some time today at Christmas and and worship God. Worship how big God is. Worship how magnificent God is. And worship the fact that God loves you and has had mercy on you. Have a Merry Christmas.